This is In the Making, and I'm Teresa Ao, your host. I am so excited to be bringing you this brand new podcast with intimate stories and life lessons from the front lines of the creator economy. Now, even if you've never heard of the creator economy, you might be a part of it and not even know it. The creator economy is where creativity, the online world, and business meet. And this economy is leading to new kinds of creative careers. On In the Making, you'll hear from content creators, communicators, marketers, designers, and the folks who do a little bit of everything, the slashies. Their stories will inspire you, and their hard-won lessons may be useful to you in your own journey. So join me every two weeks for revealing and honest conversations where we get to find out together how these creators overcome the challenges of being small business owners and creatives at the same time. I'm so glad you're here. So let's get into it. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Puno, who goes by just one name, the founder of I Love Creatives, a boutique design agency. She's also the founder of I Love Creative Studio, which is an online trade school for aspiring design professionals and a hub for community events and resources. Puno is so inspiring to me, and not only because she empowers other creatives, but she's designed a career that really works for her. And she's devised her own process for making sure that she's on track, something we can all learn from. Oh, and and just in case that sounds too serious, Puno can also be found directing funny videos and doing photo shoots with her cat Maldib. And I just (laughs) knew I had to have her as my guest after watching the compressed PDF, Even Cat Can Do It Real. (laughs) It was so funny. It was so, so, so funny. Yeah. You and your cat, you and your cat (laughs) captured all of us. So Puno, thanks again for being my first guest. Did you know that you always wanted to be an entrepreneur and content creator? In college, I wanted to be a business person, but I didn't know what that meant. Like nobody knows what that means (laughs) when you're in college. And I went and I got a business degree. I didn't think I was going to go corporate like with Dell or Microsoft and do marketing there. It didn't feel right. When I was in college, I had a side project that it's by no means a behance, but that was the idea was like a Uh portfolio site for advertising students to get jobs in agencies. That was like one of the first business ideas that I had that I actually like executed. Yeah. And it didn't make we'll... any money though. <laughs> <laughs> so you moved on. <laughs> I moved on. I, I was like, oh snap, I need to make some money now or I'm going to have to live with my parents. So I just, I ended up getting a job as an art director because I had reached out to all these creative directors trying to pitch them my business. And they're like, I don't know if we need this, but you want a job? (laughs) Wow. Okay. So you went the nine to five route, working as an art director for many years, including your time at Activision, working on the Call of Duty video game. But then things changed. So what was going on? Tell me about that time. I was like 27 at the time. And I was pretty burnt out from the video gaming world, the burnout was real. I was crying at 10 o'clock at night in front of a bar. It was messy. Emotionally, I was very anxious at work. 
And I felt like I had just no control. Essentially, I started building up all of these like deal breakers of little things that just kind of added to that burnout, added to not being fulfilled with my work. And I consciously kept track of all of these deal breakers. My goal really was like, okay, whatever I build next is going to be with that creative brief in mind. And I quit without having a plan. Wow. Well, quitting without a plan is brave. And you sound so confident and you make it sound so easy. Was it always smooth sailing? So I I think I'm very lucky because I'm a designer and I work in web. And I got laid off in 2008. I've had to freelance before. So I understand that it's hard and it's scary, but I was very comfortable living in an uncomfortable state. Call of Duty did pay pretty well. So I made a pretty big runway. So it wasn't like super risky. I had like a year and a half runway. Oh, um, okay. That's so important. It, it was so important. I think that people think that I'm a risk taker, but I'm actually not. I, I do. I had like $10,000 in credit card debt before and I never wanted to be in that situation again. So at this point, you know you want to start your own business and you do have savings to live on. How did you decide what that business was going to be? Oh, yeah. I think in the beginning, I definitely had a different outlook. I was, for some reason, thinking that I would be able to answer the question, what am I going to do with my life? That is a huge question. That is like an overwhelming, huge question. We laugh when a college student is like, I don't know what to do with my life. Yeah, of course you don't, you know? <laughs> I mean, but people yeah. in their 50s are still asking that question. At any age, they're still asking this question. Exactly. And I think while that's a great question, I think it's a trap because it's such a hard question to answer. So I remember I was sitting on a couch and I'd be like, okay, I'm just going to sit here and think. I did that a lot and I felt very stressed out about it. It was like the most anxiety inducing way to build a business. And I finally just realized I need to do stuff. Like I need to actually just do things versus try to think through everything. Essentially what I was doing, I was just worrying all the time. And I was, it was like a spiral and I was just looping and just rethinking about the same thing, but never able to like say yes or no, that's a good idea or that's a bad idea because I was just never actually doing anything. How did you get out of that rut? I was realizing trying to come up with some genius answer that will solve all my problems, but I need to just do stuff. This is kind of my slashy phase where I was trying to answer that question, what do I want to do with my life? And I was like, well, let me just play. Let me build skills because I always knew that skills gave me leverage. I've always been self-taught since I was in high school. And so um, I was just like, what am I interested in? So I did all sorts of things. I mentored with a photographer that I really loved. I did styling I did graphic design. I did Shopify website design. I just did whatever was interesting. And 
it was really fun. It was kind of like what you expect to do in college, right? Explore all the different things that you want to do. It's like a gap year. You took a gap year. I still do that though. Like I still am always experimenting with something like the other day because of Adobe Max, like I played around with Adobe Character Animate. I just want to learn all the time and I just want to play all the time because I know that always ends up going up the funnel some way into something that I can get paid for. So things that I do for fun can eventually pay my bills. That actually happens a lot. (laughs) Can you give me one example? Oh my gosh. My cat, I was like photographing my cat and then she just booked a Smalls ad. (laughs) She's going to be on the New York Metro. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And that was just just because you wanted to take some videos and photos of your cute cat. Yeah. Like we were doing a photo shoot and like, I guess because the lights are really hot, like she just sits in front of the light. So it looks like she wants her photo to be taken. I think she also does. And then I was like, okay, girl, Mm -hmm. well, would you like some pearls? (laughs) (laughs) And then I just had fun with it. I did a cat calendar just for fun. And then that cat calendar turned into a shoot with youth to the people. They wanted a cat calendar. And the more I have fun and I just do random things that are in my head, Sometimes some people will just see it and they'll be like, I want to do that with you or I want to pay you to do that for our brand. That's awesome. So as you say, you were in the slashy phase, trying things out, having fun. Now, how do you actually start building that into an actual career path? So I was like, let me think about more of the details as a designer. That's what we do, right? Like we don't just come up with a big idea. We figure out like the features that we want. What are the problems? What are the little problems that we want to solve? And so I kind of, you know, decided to dig more into the details and not be so general. I was also being general about the things I didn't like in my life. So like I would say, I hate corporations. That is so general. Like that's not helping me figure out what I want to do next. Okay. What is it about corporations? It ended up being just that one person. We didn't really jive well. That person is not a corporation. It's just that person. I'm now thinking about how do I want to have a business? How do I want to live my life? I don't know how you begin to answer such big questions. Where did you start? I try to do iteration as much as possible, at least once a day. Because Mm -hmm. before I would only give myself once a year you know, New Year's Eve or right. or your annual review with your boss. Whereas if you give yourself 365 chances to look at your life and see what things are wrong and what can you do today, I was just more likely to do things, to change mm-hmm. it. I would check in once a day versus once a year. Right. Literally would ask myself three questions every day. Am I happy? Is there anything frustrating me? And if there is, what can I do about it today? Those three questions were just enough for me to act on certain things and be aware of certain things versus just waiting until it blows up in my face. Yeah, I love that advice. I'm going to try that today. (laughs) (laughs) So now I feel like I'm very, very aware of things and I feel very confident that I can get a solution or at least try several solutions because I know I have so many 
opportunities to do that. Yeah. You know, whereas before it was so like, you've got to have your North star and you need to know what you're going to do for the rest of your life. And it's going to fulfill you completely. (laughs) This is crazy. It's not attainable. It's no. (laughs) And I think that's why we're seeing more and more people choosing slashy career paths like yours. Rather than trying to find that one job you're going to do for the rest of your life. For my audience who doesn't know, could you explain briefly what a slashy is and what they do? Yeah. So it was because on Isle of Creatives, we would do these creative profiles and the creatives would write their title and their title would be like graphic designer slash violinist slash pottery or whatever. And I would get kind of annoyed because I'd have to make the div on that section larger and larger. And I was like, these dang slashies. (laughs) So I feel like slashies to me is like a multi hyphenate, Mm -hmm. a jack of all trades. But I, I say it more and more because I think that I was in this mindset that you have to be one thing or you need to choose one path. But like with Benjamin Franklin, like he's a total slashy, you know, mm-hmm. he was it was never really about what does Benjamin Franklin do? It's more like what does Benjamin Franklin make? What is his output? And I think that we're in this world now where we can gather any skill that we want in order to execute the projects that we're interested in. So for me, I love that people are embracing slashies because now they get to see their art or their projects come to life because they have to just pick up all these skills to do that. Yeah. People are not just one thing. They're capable of doing so much more. Yeah. Um, And so many people have a hang up on being a master of none, you know, um, but I don't know. I feel like that's that's the kind of world we live in, in in a way. So there's a lot more slashies up and coming, like new ones every day. Yeah. Discovering that they are slashies. Right. What was the biggest lesson you learned from going out on your own? That I could help other people. I was doing online education because I honestly just saw that there was a need for Like I actually put an ad out on Isle of Creatives. I needed a Squarespace junior designer. When 100 people applied, most of them wouldn't get this job because they don't have the portfolio to get it. And I was like, but they want the job. So how do I teach people how to get this job? And so that's why we created an online course. I think with how much we have to learn right now, how fast we have to learn, our colleges are not able to always fill those gaps. I really believe in online education, democratizing education. So that was the most surprising thing for me was how fulfilling it is to really actually help people. One of my first students was like, I don't know if I want to be a Squarespace designer, but you taught me in this what I do like and how to figure out what I do like. And I have confidence now that I can, I can figure out anything. And I was like, what? (laughs) It was so cool. It was the most fulfilling work I've ever done. Yeah. Yeah. 
speaking of workshops and teaching, when you teach the workshops for creatives breaking out of their own, what's the most common misconception they have about life on the other side of quitting a job? Oh my gosh, so many things. I think the biggest misconception is what they've got right now, they cannot work with it at all. I feel like you've got to challenge that. I wish that I had challenged it when I was at Activision. So I always tell people, like, let's dig into the details of why you want to jump ship, why you want to leave your job so that you really understand what those deal breakers are, what those deal makers are. So when you get your next job or you freelance or you start your own business, you're very intentional about creating a work environment that is going to start building into something you really love. Whereas people are just like, what I have right now, all of it sucks. So what I want next is completely opposite. And I don't know, I've never done it before, but I know that it has to make, you know, be better. Yeah. What does success look like for you? I know success, I mean, to me, I look at your website, your profiles, your followers. I think you're uber successful. What does success look like for you? I think it's control. (laughs) And not just control of my time, but also this control of my emotional self. Because I've done so much work. I mean, like, think about it. Like, Checking in with yourself 365 times a year sounds like a lot of work and not everybody wants to do that, but I, I did. And now it's, it's like riding a bike. I'm just, it's very natural. And I just feel like I have so much autonomy, whether it's through the amount of time that I can spend on work or play or family or who I get to work with. I know that I have control over how I respond to things, how I react to bad things that could happen or good things that could happen. I don't know if that's just age because like I'm 30, I'm going to be 39 this year. (laughs) But once I felt that autonomy and felt that control, I'm just so confident that I can like figure whatever I got to figure out and everything is fine, you know? For the rest of the year, I want to ask my guests going forward, I want you to think of one word that's going to describe 2023 for you. I know it's probably hard, but one word. Mm. Okay, it's it's one word, but said three times. <laughs> okay. Clap, clap, clap. Because my daughter just learned, she's nine months, she just learned how to clap. And girl, like, will be crawling and then she'll sit up and then she'll just clap, clap, clap for herself and then she'll crawl. And I'm like, yes, I think that you should congratulate yourself as much as you want and as much as you can. And I, I forget to do that sometimes because I'm just so go, go, go and like on to the next thing. But yeah, clap, clap, clap. (laughs) I love it. I think now every time I get through a hurdle or I solve a problem or take one step forward... I'm going to be clapping. Mm -hmm. Puno, I can't thank you enough for being my guest today. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Puno today and that she's given you some tools and inspiration in building your own slashy life, especially if you're gearing up to make that leap into the creator economy yourself. The lessons today that struck me were one, 
Don't save your resolutions just for New Year's. Check in with yourself every single day to make sure you're building a work life or just the life that you actually like or love. Be honest about how you feel and what is or isn't working for you. Two, identify your deal breakers and be very specific so you know what doesn't work for you. Focus on small changes you can make today. Three, and most importantly, chase the fun. Allow yourself the space and time to experiment with new things. You'll gain new skills and you might even end up with an unexpected income stream, just like Puno's cat calendar. This is In The Making, and I'm your host, Teresa Ao. I'll be back with a new guest and new inspiration from the creator economy every two weeks. So take a few seconds to follow this podcast. And if you like this episode, be sure to give us a rating and a review in your podcast app. And since we're brand new, we'd really appreciate it if you share this show with your friends, family, and colleagues. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you in a fortnight.